Hey, what's up, everybody? Brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli. You're you. Today's guest is Laura Dawn. Laura Dawn is awesome. I just had a great conversation with her, and uh, you guys are going to enjoy this episode a lot. She's the host of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. She's a microdosing mentor, and she's been leading transformational retreats for the past 10 years. She's uh, really interested in weaving together science with wisdom to teach uh, businesses, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, creators how to mindfully explore psychedelics and sacred plant medicines as the you know, powerful visionary tools that they are for that inner reflection and inner transformation uh, that, uh, that can lead to creative manifestation beyond many of our wildest dreams. And uh, we talk about that. We talk about what it, what it means. What does psychedelic leadership mean? Uh, and, um, and how we can, you know, get, get in right relations with ourselves, how we can heal and how we can start to create things that really mean something and that can bring about change, positive change, uh, for uh, ourselves, our lives, our visions, and uh, our creations. And uh, she's uh, currently completing a master's in science specializing in uh, creativity studies and change leadership. She's uh, exploring the intersection between psychedelics and creative problem solving to help corporate teams unlock innovative solutions to the complex challenges we face. Uh, you know, I mean, psychedelics uh, can help with uh, lots of these things. So that's what we talk about. We talk about uh, how having a uh, cultivating a relationship with sacred plant medicines and psychedelics and really embarking on that inward journey of, of healing and transformation uh, can lead to uh, new ways of seeing things, new innovations, uh, new ways of organizing, new ways of uh, coming up with uh, creative solutions to problems that were, you know, where we were only hitting walls before. Now doors are opening up. So uh, really, uh, really enjoyed talking with Laura Dawn, and uh, I know you guys will too. She's got a uh, amazing mastermind uh class coming up it's a uh, microdosing mastermind and uh all the links are in the show description you'll find her website or podcast or instagram and you'll find the microdosing mastermind if you're interested in the microdosing mastermind um go check it out i highly recommend it for anybody who uh really wants to tap into flow and expand your influence it's a three-month program for transformational coaches and entrepreneurs uh and uh i i, I know that it's going to be just absolutely tremendous because laura dawn is absolutely tremendous. It's a high-end private microdosing mastermind program that's supporting leaders of this new era that we find ourselves in, uh, psychedelically-minded leaders, combining group coaching with peer-to-peer support. So it starts on June 2nd, and it goes till August 25th, my birthday. Awesome. So, you know, if you're, if you're ready to deepen your understanding of what microdosing is and, and take your personal practices to the next level, if you're, if you're wanting to, tr- you know, transform your, your business or just get new creative insights, uh, whether you're a content creator or an entrepreneur, you want to cultivate more, uh, you know, reach or expand your influence, uh, then, um, 
you know, that the, the, this might be for you. It's, it's for transformational healing, both with and, and without the support of plant medicines. And uh, it's also for leaders who are interested in connecting with a network of successful, like-minded influencers to both learn from and contribute best practices uh, in, their, in their personal and professional lives. I think we all need that, right? It's like, let's, uh, let's connect with each other. Let's compare notes. Let's talk about what's working and why, and uh, you never know what can, can happen from, from that, from deepening your, your microdose practice to tapping into flow states to, to leveraging optimal performance. And, and uh, you know, oftentimes, uh, sometimes we can hit a wall, but I feel when we're in a group of people, when we're all working towards the same goal, when we have a, an amazing uh, facilitator, amazing guide, leader like Laura Dawn, uh, out there to to help shine a little bit of light on the path uh, that we can really get the most out of it. And uh, currently, right now, there's only three spots left uh, in her microdosing mastermind course. So if you're interested in that, check it out. and And the link is in the uh, the description. And if you put in uh, my name or Mike Adelic, so either put Mike Brancatelli or Mike Adelic in uh the 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 podcast uh in the uh in the description uh when you're when you're filling out the the form uh or email then uh you can uh I'll get a little something for uh promoting it so uh if you're interested in that and you want to apply you just click on the link and um and uh and it'll ask you to apply and it's uh, the microdosing mastermind program has uh, an application, so uh, I always love to see that when you know it's it's not like she's just taking anybody here. So um, there's going to be an application process. Uh, you'll be carefully considered. If you are selected, then they're going to reach out and they'll have a 15 minute interview to make sure that you're a good fit for the program. So really appreciate the vetting. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, really trying to get this in front of the right people. So at the bottom, it'll say, how did you hear about the microdosing mastermind program? Put in Mike Adelic or Mike Brancatelli, whatever it is, if you heard it from this podcast and, uh, yeah, and, and I'll get a nice little, uh, kickback for, uh, for promoting it. And, uh, you'll get a wonderful experience with a, uh, really wise leader in the space as you'll see from this conversation laura dawn is one of the wise leaders in this space uh, i could say that wholeheartedly after you know connecting with her with such a great chat as i always say oh my god i could talk to this person forever and i really can so we'll definitely do this again laura will definitely laura dawn will definitely be uh back on the show and uh and we'll get into we'll get into more so uh with that being said we'll do some more business type stuff sheath underwear you guys know it you've heard me talk about it sheath underwear is the most insanely comfortable pair of underwear that i've ever uh put on they're just great and the great thing about sheath underwear is that they have a moisture wicking fabric um that really keeps you dry and you know it, it's just really good for um, all kinds of activities. I mean, even if you're just lounging around the house, you know, 
people they they, they you want to like promote this stuff because it's like hey we're athletes and we're like we're running and we have moisture wicking you know uh underwear and it keeps your man parts in in one place because of their dual pouch technology and and all this kind of stuff and it's good and i gotta say i do like the pouch you don't have to wear it with the pouch but the pouch puts things in it you could put you could it has a the pouch puts things in it. The pouch doesn't put things in it. You put things in it. You could put your man parts in there, or you could put other things in there. Maybe things that you know that that will be of use to you in uh, in the future. Maybe when we start going back to concerts and festivals and things of that nature. So all I'm saying is the pouch is there. It's a compartment, and uh, you can use it. And uh, I'm not going to tell you how to use it. You can get creative, right? I think if you're a psychedelically minded person, you know what I'm talking about. So revolutionary, revolutionary underwear and just really, really comfortable as well. I love the Flower of Life print. It's my favorite. It's real comfortable. It's really stylish. It's really cool. And uh, like it's really, I bought, I brought like four pairs with me uh, in my trip to New York. I, I just came to New York to visit my family, and uh, you know, I'm 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 walking around, you know, selling them sheath underwear because they're, you know, they're wearing my my dad's wearing old tidy whiteies from 1980s. He doesn't know he doesn't know that there's been advan- advancements made in, in underwear. So every every morning at breakfast, I'm ranting at him about the the benefits of sheath underwear. Use the promo code Mikeadelic at checkout. Get twenty percent off i wore them when i went golfing the other day it was great i have my you know i haven't been golfing in over three years and uh my dad took me when i was a kid i was uh, 11 years old i think the first time i played and if i remember correctly i think i got a birdie on the 11th hole um on my 11th birthday so that was pretty cool and uh 11 11 and um So yeah, I've just I've always lo- I've always loved the game. I wouldn't say that I'm like a golfer per se. I've just been golfing for so long that I still have the uh talent and ability. And man, I had some awesome shots. I played 18 with my brother and his friend. It was great. And uh um yeah, all day in the sheath. It was just great. It was fantastic. So big shout out to Sheath. Big shout out to Bobby and the Sheath boys. They love podcasts. They're a huge podcast fan. I was on Bobby's podcast, Robert Patton Global. Go check that out. We talked about mushrooms, psychedelics. We talked about a lot of other things. But uh, go to sheathunderwear.com. Put in the promo code Mikeadelic. Get 20% off. They're great. You're going to love it. I also love their t-shirts. They make things for women as well. So sheathunderwear.com, Mike Adelic, 20% off. I'm not going to do the the rest of the stuff. You guys know what to do. Just go to patreon.com, all right, and sign up to be a patron. Get access to the Mike Adelic Inner Sanctum Discord chat. And, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of fun things over there. I'm developing a new comedy show. Right now, the working title is Dosadelic, but me and my co-host, Matt, are just having a lot of fun, just being really unfiltered and crazy. And and uh, having a really good time putting that together. I hope for an official launch um, sometime in the summer. Another announcement. Um, I got a, a men's retreat that's coming up. Me and my friends are putting together a men's retreat. It is called Permission. You can find it on my website under Men's Retreat. Uh, it's on the top tab, on the top of the website that I have from the 1980s. And... Um, we're, you know, this is something that's been near and dear to my heart for a long time, although I didn't really even realize that it was a thing 
men's work. I didn't really understand what it was. And then I read uh, Iron John by Robert Bly and uh, a couple other books by Michael Mead and um, recently reading uh, The Hidden Sp- Spirituality of Men. But this is something that's very personal to me as it's affected me and, and many longtime listeners of the show know as I've kind of divulged a lot of my... Um, you know, how I grew up and, and how things have affected me throughout my, my life, my, my journey, my experience. And I believe that, uh, that it's crucial to have rites of initiation, rites of passage, you know, to really uh, fully step into our true powers, to really hold all of the uh, chaos that this world has in, uh, with integrity, with strength in, in who we are. And, and do that in a healthy, uh, masculine way, which is, um, you know, unfortunately something that we don't necessarily learn as we grow up in our, in our society. It's not something that's ingrained in the foundations of uh, mainstream American culture. And you can see a lot of uh, the problems that we have in the world are, you know, usually due to the fact that, uh, you know, that, that people don't become adults anymore really we just have this extended state of babyhood and uh so i'm a big believer in rites of passage and 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 initiation and sacred ceremonies and rituals and um and i believe it's an integral part in uh being the torchbearers of uh ushering in a new generation of wise kings and queens and magicians and lovers and warriors all in a healthy way uh, not in this kind of chaotic, messy, baby, childlike shadow crap that we have spilling and spewing everywhere uh, that we see. So uh, I'd like to be a part of uh, a solution to try and uh, make things a little bit better for, uh, for the world, for our communities, for our families, for, our, for giving ourselves a little bit more peace of mind. So anyway, go check it out. It's on my website. I'll put the link in the show description. It's um, a communal men's retreat to awaken your wild soul. And it's going to be in August. So uh, really looking forward to that. What else? Uh, yeah, you know what to do if you like the show. Like, share, subscribe, and tell people about it. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Really appreciate all of you that take the time to do things like that. It means the world to me. And if you want extra bonus stuff, come and join the Patreon. We're really building a great community over there. Big shout out to newest Patreon member, Justin. Appreciate you. Thanks for joining. I'm sure there's some other people that joined and uh, want to give you a shout out too. I just don't have your names in front of me. So thank you very much. I appreciate all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, really like, like um, really, really excited to just build, really build more community, not just pay lip service to, you know, what community is or whatever, but actually really building a participatory uh, communal uh, way of being through this podcast. And so I appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank and uh, check out all the links, everything in the show notes, Laura Dawn's mastermind, microdosing course, uh, my retreat, all the other things. Uh, they're all in the show notes, show description. Okay. Without further ado, let's get in this conversation with Laura Dawn. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models 
of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's. Uh, I, I I have a feeling it has something to do with it is becoming spring. Things are blossoming, blooming, and mm-hmm. on top of that, a lot of people have been. Most of us have been restricted uh, our movement and mm-hmm. sheltered and things like that. So there's this kind of like energy. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like well, let's let's do all the things now, and yeah. uh, and that's what I've been doing. It seems like that's what you've been doing, and a lot of other people too. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, this is really the era of reinvention right now. And it's, you know, I, when I interviewed Dennis McKenna for the podcast, you know, he talked about this time of metamorphosis. And I've been really thinking about that a lot, you know, it's like, especially with COVID on top of everything. Um, but just this time where people are, it's been just such a pattern disruptor and people are just going within and asking big questions. And I think it's been what, gosh, a year and a half now since, since lockdown started happening. I mean, it's been a pretty long haul for a lot of people. And I, I do think you're right, you know, with spring yeah. happening and things starting to shift out of COVID. I don't, I, I don't even know if that's accurate to say out of COVID, but you know, um, I think people are feeling that need to, to just, um, step out with new offerings and you know make make changes in their lives and and um yeah and bring that bring that out to into the world i mean that's definitely been a lot of what i've been when working with for sure yeah and and you live in hawaii correct yeah yeah i'm currently recording this in my 20 foot long bus converted into a tiny home so cool yeah, I'm. I'm curious to know a little bit about your story. Um, w- would you mind sharing a little bit about what brought you there? And and I'm fascinated with the tiny home and the bus conversion stuff, uh, the R, you know, RVs and and whatnot. It's been it's been on my mind for a little bit now. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'd love to to know a little bit about kind of what brought you there and 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 how you got into it all. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, so much has happened. I mean, it's like, where do I, where do I really start? But I guess a a good place to start was, would be when I really realized when I, I was born and raised in Montreal, I was raised by two entrepreneurs. I felt like I was really given this perceptual lens of like how to create something out of nothing. 
And I really appreciated that upbringing from my parents. And, and I feel very privileged that I grew up in Canada and, you know, had access to education for a reasonably reason, reasonable price, affordable education. Um, and I was in, I was in um, my undergrad, I have a, a degree in finance, and I was sort of on the quote unquote, fast track to success. I was on a portfolio management program, managing a um, million dollar portfolio with eight other students. You know, I was doing really well from like the outside perspective, but I was really struggling with a lot in my life. I was struggling with depression, with um, disordered eating. And I don't feel like I was really managing my my mental well-being and my emotional well-being very effectively. And I remember just hitting sort of like a rock bottom moment in my life. And I will never forget this moment, but it was sort of like my first out-of-body experience where I just was so immersed in the in the you know, for anyone who struggle with depression, you know, it's like kind of going around and round with self, you know, so it was just like felt just so caught in that loop. And I was sobbing on the bathroom floor. And I remember having this like meta awareness where there was just this awareness, like this doesn't have to be my life, you know, I can choose what I want. And I've always been such a free spirit and had, you know, just this like parallel track with like wanting to explore the unknown and travel. And so in that moment, I actually decided to give away everything that I owned and I packed a backpack and I left and I never went back. And that was many years ago now. And I really set out on this like adventure of a lifetime that I still feel like I'm on. And so I actually, I flew out to British Columbia and I hitchhiked across British Columbia for three months and, um, and then took a one-way ticket to China, traveled all over Southeast Asia, you know, visited many different cultures and I really got the call to um, to come to Pele. You know, I met this amazing Hawaiian woman while I was in Australia. And then I just started dreaming about this, that Pele is like the spirit of the volcano here on the big island. And I had tried a couple of times to come to Hawaii, but it didn't quite align until it was just, you know, I could go into so much detail, but it was just time. And as soon as I landed on the big island, which was just over 10 years ago now, I felt immediately, I was like, oh, this is my home. This is where I'm meant to be. And I started working with ayahuasca medicine. And within like three days of being on the island, I sat in ceremony and had a vision in that ceremony that I was going to create a space and buy land and build a place for people to come and experience transformational healing. And then, you know, fast forward some years later, um, I ended up buying a raw piece of 10 acres with my now former partner. And we built something really phenomenal. And so many miracles, you know, really conspired to make this vision come to fruition. And so, you know, we, we started with nothing. We actually sold everything that we had to get enough of a down payment together. And we pulled our VW van that wasn't even running at the time. We pulled the VW van onto the land and we just, you know, we started with a vision and, and a lot of perseverance, you know, and grit and working on the big Island is like, you know, this is kind of rugged land here. So we, we started with jungle and we created a beautiful sanctuary and, um, yeah, I mean, I could go into detail, but it's like, gosh, we started with no power, no water, you know, no, no electricity. We're totally off grid. There was no grid to connect to. And, uh, we just started, we just started and we ended up tapping into hot water. We didn't know that we bought land on top of a hot reservoir, volcanic water. And um, and a really powerful mm. miracle happened where 
um, in a really powerful ceremony. I, um, I, we were kind of like in a sink or swim moment. We were a year and a half into that project. And, you know, I was holding this like multi-million dollar vision and we didn't really have any money. And then I just prayed for a miracle. And then the next day someone reached out to, uh, and offered to buy my first online brand that I built to about a million and a half followers on Facebook. And within the week, you know, I literally had six figures in the bank account (laughs) and we invested it into the, into the retreat center. And we ended up building a, a volcanic hot spring retreat center from scratch. Um, and I really attribute so much of that fruition to, to working with the medicine. And, you know, it's, for me, it's, it's just not a coincidence that this medicine is also called the visionary vine, you know, it like gives us this, um, opportunity to learn how to cultivate like a visionary capacity. And when we, when we, tap into those realms, you know, it's kind of amazing what can happen and what can conspire to allow visions to transmute from like the unseen dimensions into this 3D reality. And, you know, fast forward a couple, few years later, and, you know, like my, my worst nightmare came true where the volcano erupted and we ended up spending two weeks evacuating from um, you know, oh gosh, I'll just, I'll just say, I'll never forget the moment that I was standing in the garden. We were planting turmeric, you know, we had just spent five years pouring our, our heart and soul into this land. And, um, my friend ran over and said, you know, the, the road had split open in a subdivision above our land and lava started flowing. And it was like, you know, all time stood still in that moment. And, um, we ended up, in that moment deciding to evacuate and we spent two weeks like tearing apart the retreat center and getting as much out as we could you know all the the first things all the art that we collect and you know furniture and things that we can and um i actually just shared this story with lucid news um but what really helped me get through that time again was another really powerful sit with the medicine and literally the week before the volcano started erupting um I had a really powerful sit and that night I experienced something for the first time that I'd never really experienced, which was surrendering, like really feeling the feeling of like, okay, you know, offering my life to spirit being like, okay, I'm ready. What needs to happen to really deepen on my path of service on this planet? And then, and, and that night I picked up my, my guitar and received a song in full and it's called trust in the great unknown. And then the next morning I woke up to, to earthquakes under my feet. And that, that week there was thousands of earthquakes until a really big one, about a 6.8 that just devastated our retreat center and our home. Mm. And the whole time that we were evacuating, the only thing going through my head were the four lines from that song, trust in the great unknown, trust that the way will be shown, trust that the highest will unfold. And it was the only thing that got me through was like the pinhole of light through just the most intense dark night of the soul. And that really catapulted me into, you know, a a long extended tumultuous dark night of the soul that it was like kind of what we started with at the beginning of this conversation, like really threw me into the cocoon of metamorphosis. And I had been running retreats for 10 years at that point. And uh, so I really, you know, I was, I was, it was a very traumatic experience. And so we actually left the island and watched the lava just skirt right around our land and the ho- so many homes in the community taken and our community just completely ripped apart. And I was in Costa Rica watching and I was like non-functional, you know, like when I landed, it was like, I wasn't even forming full sentences. You know, I was just in total shock. And 
you know, gosh, I have goosebumps um, just saying that. And, and uh, I worked really deep with the medicine during that time. And, and I felt like I was getting advanced training in like cultivation of resilience and emotional resilience. And yeah, it's like yeah. advanced training in grief, like learning how to hold space for that much grief and feeling like, you know, just drowning in a well of grief um, over and over again until I came out the other side. And, you know, someone made us an offer for the land while there was lava flowing like less than a mile away. And we had just gone through the most traumatic experience. And so we decided to sell it. And it was still, you know, and I feel grateful because so many people lost their homes. But you know what, like, it was like cutting off a part of my arm and giving it away to someone, you know, like we birthed this place out of nothing. And, and, you know, I'll just say, I feel like the moral of the story is that, you know, I mean, gosh, there's a few morals of the story, but one of them that I really realized in that time is that it's not really about the thing that we create. You know, it's not really about like the book that we write and end or the podcast we launch or, you know, the retreat center we build. It's actually about how holding that vision shapes us and how when we rise to the occasion and we embody the person that we can become to like fulfill that vision, that that is actually profoundly um, transformational and has a huge impact in on our consciousness and who we are. And I actually in that cocoon of metamorphosis held a vision for like the most epic retreat I could possibly imagine. And a year later I stepped out and launched the most successful retreat of my career last new year's i had 40 people for 11 days in costa rica and you know it was it was gosh the culmination of just such a huge portal of transformation and i i feel like the you know just kind of starting where we circling back around to where we started it this time you know of transition it's like we're all moving through it so just like acknowledging the the micro of the macro you know like so many people are having this feeling of the rug being pulled out from under them and so, you know, I still have 10 acres next door to the retreat center and just like paring down my life, you know, and, and converting a bus into a tiny home and having a little less responsibility on the retreat front is kind of nice. And I've always, I've always been, you know, I've been living off grid for 15 years now. So it's been, um, yeah, just a whole shift growing up from, you know, the suburbs in Montreal and many of the years that I spent backpacking, actually a big chunk of that were, were living in vans and traveling. I spent a year living in a van in Australia and a year driving from British Columbia all the way down to Guatemala. And, you know, I, I love the van life. And I think it's just, you know, live, stepping outside the box, you know, and, and giving yourself permission. I mean, it's like, it's so funny because now you look at it and it's like, hashtag van life is everywhere. You know, people are like into it. But, you know, back in the day, I feel like people were a little less kind of hip to it. And uh, I felt like people kind of looked at me like I was a little more crazy. Now, I mean, and you know, it's like even in the psychedelic space, it's like I've been working mm -hmm. with psychedelics mm -hmm. for 20 years. And now the cat's like really out of the bag. And everyone's an entrepreneur and working with psychedelics. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm not so fringe anymore. <laughs> So that was a really long answer to your question, yeah. but you know, just so many stories that I could weave in here. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's amazing. Wow, you're a badass. I mean, <laughs> I, I knew that, but <laughs> that's like you're like really. I mean, it's you know, because when you go through these moments, and I've suffered through depression and and still do to some extent, uh, but not as much. And um, but you you know, had this metamorphosis happen and then decided to just, you know, keep going with it. 
And when you make that, that, that pact or that covenant with yourself to just like, I'm going to just go and I'm going to do, it's almost like the, you know, the universe is kind of like, all right, like this is what you want, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to like mm-hmm. be in this place. And so you got this like expedited lesson of like internal world and external world crumbling and morphing and molding and reshaping. Wow. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. That's, that's so cool. Um, yeah, it, it, it's and then you you brought up some things towards the end that I wanted uh, that that are bringing up some things for me right now, and I kind of had like oh maybe a direction that I would go in, but for, since you brought it up, I, I guess we'll go there. Is about this sort of um, psychedelic retreats, plant medicine retreats, uh, my, microdose coaches, uh, the the new world that we find ourselves in. Who you you probably have more experience in this world than than me. Um, and you know, you're kind of like, it's almost like the, uh, the underground punk scene sort of thing. Like, Hey man, we've been doing this for a while. Like now you all these corporate sellouts and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just wondering like what your take is on that. And also second part to that question is what makes a good retreat? Cause there's, I feel like I see so many of them now. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm, it's so interesting, like around, um, you know, the corporatization of plant medicines and a lot of people working with plant medicines and entrepreneurs. And, you know, that's a lot of the work that I do. And so, you know, it's like not to diss it, of course, because it's like I, I especially right now, you know, I'm uh, I'll just share, you know, <laughs> I guess like before we get into this, I guess, I guess there's something else that I was just thinking when when we were kind of wrapping up the last story is that. You know, my, my one of my favorite spiritual teachers, Pema Chodron, she says that, you know, life is this series of things like coming together oh, and then too. falling apart, yeah. you know? So it's like, it's like this, this kind yeah. of feeling that it's like, there's never an arrival point, you know, it's like, oh, like I went through the dark night of the soul and then I've arrived. It was like, no. And then like, after my retreat, I got <laughs> sick with COVID, you know, I got, I right, got really right. sick with COVID and, oh my God, and then yeah. I was in like three months of chronic fatigue and it was like, oh God, like it, they, I was like up and everything was coming together. And then it was like, oh gosh, like now, you know, the things fall apart again. And I think just framing it that way that like things come together and they fall apart. And that's just like part of the cycle of life and that it's okay, you know? And so while, while things have fallen apart, you know, I'm actually back in graduate school, you know, COVID really gave me an opportunity to pause on retreats, you know, it was like a forced sabbatical. And so I'm back in graduate school, um, studying, I have am getting a master's in science in a program called creativity studies and change leadership. And so the direction that I'm really excited about taking my retreats is actually working with more with corporate teams in the plant medicine setting where it's like we are weaving in psychedelics and ceremonies and also weaving in team building and a lot of the cognitive tools. Like right now I'm getting trained in advanced creative problem solving facilitation and so I do think that like, it's not, it's, it, it's, it makes sense to me that, um, that psychedelics and microdosing would become very popular in the corporate space and the business space. And instead of dissing it, you know, I think 
offering a really solid framework is really helpful. Like the scaffolding, we know set and setting is so important. We know intention is so important. You know, a lot of people like CEOs in this, you know, um, and, and high level executives. I mean, it's easy to work with, with, uh, plant medicines to become like more narcissistic, for example, you know, that's possible. And so I think really the, 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 framework. And that's why I've, I've really spent years cultivating frameworks, especially around um, the path of the Bodhisattva, which is like really looking at how do we, how do we leverage our experiences with psychedelics and plant medicines to help uncover solutions to the greatest challenges we face as a humanity. And like FYI people, like we are on the brink here, like this is really necessary. And so I mm-hmm. do think actually yeah. working in the corporate space is is it it's like the place where we have a chance to actually influence larger change like economic systems and like business structures and so it is interesting you know coming back from an entrepreneurial background and having a degree in finance and entrepreneurship being in in business i've had successful startups you know built things from scratch it's like and so I like this direction of starting to work more with corporate teams and the intention behind it is actually because I really want to help like guide that path in a good way so that we're figuring out how to be better humans. Like how do we, you know, how do we become better leaders? And that was, you know, the impetus for the psychedelic leadership podcast and looking at like, how can plant medicines, how can we leverage these experiences to enhance cognitive flexibility? You know, as Einstein said, we can't solve our problems at the same level of thinking that created them. I think that plant medicines can really help us think more creatively. And that's why I'm in my do. And that's what I'm focusing on in my degree. I'm, I'm researching the overlap and intersection between creative problem solving and psychedelics and as well as microdosing. And so I do mm. think that there's a lot yeah. of unexplored territory here, you know? Um, but in terms of like what makes yeah. a good retreat, you know, it's like, gosh, I mean, I'm biased because I, I really think that I run really great retreats. <laughs> so I'm a little biased here, but, um, I think putting together, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. like I, I love, so my last retreat was just like so dialed and, you know, the setting is like, we were in Costa Rica. So it's like doing a lot of, of being outside, but also group work and workshops and breath work and yoga. And we're also, um, I'm a really uh, big proponent of microdosing ayahuasca vine, which we could talk about, although I know that's a controversial topic and oh, yeah. um, not everyone, uh, you know, is, is, would be sort of thrilled uh, for, to hear like a white woman supporting the, the microdosing of ayahuasca. So I get that. Um, but you know, so we incorporate, um, um, my microdosing morning flows at the retreats as well. And then I, I teach frameworks basically. And we do workshops around, you know, the path of the Bodhisattva and have our unique framework that weaves together neuroscience with behavioral psychology, um, quantum physics, Eastern philosophy and psychedelic science. And it's fun to just play in the space and work with other leaders and influencers and entrepreneurs and see what we can create. And that's also what I'm doing now with my microdosing mastermind programs. And, you know, the online thing is fun, but I do, I just feel like the in-person is really where it's at, you know? Um, so yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Without, about. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. And, and I wanted to, um, I wanted to, uh, just open it up to that, not as a criticism or a diss to, um, like working with corporate people or anything like that, but just kind of, I guess, 
in as we were talking about in the beginning, like it's spring, it's blooming, people are doing all the things, you know, and I just I see so many people getting into the space too, and I'm sure you see, and so it's like looking for like what would be a, a good place, I guess, for people to uh well. I guess you're a good place for that. You're a good resource here. That's why you're here to help people discern what what looks good, what doesn't look good, what's a way to be a, a heart-centered, uh, compassionate uh, leader in this space. What are some things, you know, because you've walked the path and you've been there so that you have this kind of framework and you can and you can bring it in there. So I guess that's kind of more what I, what yeah. I was getting that. And, you know, one yeah. thing I would say is that like sort of not like a criticism, but just like a, a observation is like people are like frantically trying to get in this space right now. You know, it's like the, the right, psychedelic right. movement is booming and like I see it so much, you know. And so I have been invited to speak at other plant medicine retreats and now now I'm getting better at like vetting the retreats that I'm actually being asked to speak at because what I'm noticing, like I've showed up to one ayahuasca retreat for a company that's, you know, ranks pretty high in the search engines for ayahuasca retreats and, you know, showed up and there was, it was just so disorganized and, um, uh, Dr. Pamela, um, gosh, what is her last name? She goes by Dr. Pamela. She's created this like 101 red flags for, for plant medicine retreats. I'm going to be putting mm -hmm. that on my website as, as, um, resources, but I also wrote a guide on like how to vet your quote unquote shaman facilitator guide, as well as like how to vet your retreat centers and questions that you should ask, you know, right, right. because I, I think that's really important. And I think, you know, when I showed up to this retreat, it was like, there were a lot of red flags and just basic safety protocols. And so you can just ask questions like how many assistants are going to be present per, you know, participant. And, um, also like questions that people don't really think to ask are about accessibility and reciprocity, you know, and how, where is the money going for the retreat center? Are you supporting your local community? Is this going, you know, that's why I, I love Carlos Tanner from the Ayahuasca Foundation. So much of their money actually goes into like buying solar panels for their local people in their communities, you know? And so, um, and then like now in the space, there's something, there's something for everyone's like, and not to judge, you know, I, I'm very sort of broad minded in the sense that like, you know, would I want to go to an ayahuasca ceremony where they're playing electronic dance music and doing yoga? Maybe not, you know, but that's happening. And there's some people that do it and they really like it. So am I going to say, no, that's bad. Don't do it. Like if someone's receiving healing from a kind of ceremony, you know, but it's, it's such a nuanced and tricky topic. And I traverse through these conversations all the time with people I interview on my podcast too, because it's not straightforward, you know, and I think safety and harm reduction are like the foundation. And then everything else is kind of like pick and choose your buffet right. of like what resonates with you. But, you know, like working right. with people who have lots of experience, like knowing like what tradition are they and that's fine whatever tradition they come from you know i really i some of my favorite ceremonies are with like more quote unquote like neo shamans you know where it's like new a little bit more like geared towards western not everyone is like not everyone can really like hack a you know peruvian experience like that's kind of really intense for some people you know so sure yeah I, totally I think just finding whatever resonates for you and bringing together, you know, the right group is always, um, and there's even now, like, gosh, there's, there's just retreats for everyone at this point. Um, so yeah. And, and I'm excited to be stepping out and doing retreats again. I'm like, 
doing the online programs, which is fun, but I do really miss, um, I just miss doing the in-person events. It was us like where, you know, we really connect and drop in and get into that like harmonic resonance and can really feel people, you know, and we get into that like group flow states. And I, I live for that. I love that. And so, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's so many directions we could take that question of like what to look for. And, (laughs) um, yeah. And, well, and, you, brought, you brought up a good resource, which is how to vet your shaman, which is, um, which is a, a comprehensive guide to, to vetting, uh, your shaman facilitator psychedelic journeys. And that's, that's something that you've put out and we could put the link in the show notes cause it's a, a great resource. So, um, yeah. And I want to, I kind of want to get into, cause you, you, you brought up a couple things and maybe let's get into some like controversy or whatever, uh-huh. but like, I, I kind of think that it doesn't really matter who you are and what you're doing. And as you said, as long as it's uh, safe and there's harm reduction and um, there's safety protocols in place. And, you know, I feel, and I'm sure you agree that as long as you're coming from a place of like authenticity and and being there to serve uh, in in a a genuine way, you know, what does it matter really? I I Mm -hmm. think that that there's some, sometimes I see sort of like uh, this sort of elitist mentality or this sort of, um, uh, you know, putting the indigenous on a pedestal as if nobody can come near them. And we have to, you know, so there's all these, these questions that I see, but what I see is we're in a time of crisis and we need all hands on deck. Oh and gosh. If you're entering, have you been listening to me? It's like, those are my words. Exactly. I say that all the time. Oh. That's so, it's oh, so great. funny. Well, there you yeah. go. Take, take it away. Yeah. Well, we, take I it just, away, I, it's so funny that you said that because I mean, like, that's my, yeah. exactly my perspective of like, we're in a mental health crisis. You yes. know, people are yes. committing suicide at exponential rates. I mean, like, we don't really have time to be like, uh, you know, okay. Yes. I respect the conversation around cultural appropriation. Like, don't get me wrong, you know? Sure. And I think what is ironic to me is when I see people on the plant medicine path who are really angry and throwing a lot of harsh shit in other people's direction. And it's like, I just, I, I think like if we're working, if we're really doing our work with plant medicines, then we're able to hold space for tough and challenging conversations with open minds, open hearts, with kindness, being willing to just like get on the level with people and be like, oh, okay, you know what? You have a different opinion than me and that's okay, you know, and not try to convince, but like, yeah, I want to learn what my blind spots are. I want to hear people's perspective. I mean, that's what it means to be a leader, like cultivating a curiosity mindset and being, you know, curiosity is such a powerful mindset. It's, it builds bridges between people, you know, please tell me, how did you arrive at that, at that, you know, statement or like that belief system? Like what, what led you to this conclusion and where am I not understanding? And, you know, I think these are really powerful conversations to be had and who someone, you know, I'm, I'm actually about to record and release a solo episode about this really intense experience that I had where I was like, at the forefront of trying to be canceled by a group of people, you know, I was like in the throes of cancel culture. Yeah. And it was, it was really hard. It was really hard. And it also was really powerful. And if I had to go through it again, I actually think I would because it taught me something. It taught me a lot actually. And, um, it was from, 
Oh gosh. You know, I mean, this is really tender and super vulnerable to share. And like, I still feel sensitive about it. And I also just, I feel just tenderhearted about it. And more just from the place of like feeling the level of anger that people have and just like the level of, of just unrest in the world right now. And feeling that like genuinely, you know, less about me and like, Oh, you have this opinion about me because it's not about me. Like their anger is not about me, but it, it was really hard because I was like really feeling like touching, like the wound of humanity and being like, Whoa, that's heavy, you know? And I was, um, stepping out with a girlfriend to offer a, um, it was like a frequency sound resonance course, like tuning into like your vocal frequency and working with ayahuasca vine. And someone's shot like an eight minute long video about it and called it like cultural appropriation because, you know, we're two white women and, you know, it's like, they don't know anything about me. So it's like, you know, they don't know who I am. And there's this really powerful quote that says something along the lines of like, the more you know a person's story, the more your judgments fall by the wayside, you know, the less yeah. criticism you have. And so, you know, it's like, people don't know that I live in Hawaii and that I grow this medicine. I cultivate a relationship with this medicine, which I'll just say is Banisteriopsis cappy is legal in the U.S. And just so that like, we're not, um, you know, perpetuating any sort of, uh, like misinformation, but you know, and even right now, like I'm in the middle of making a batch of vine medicine and it's a labor of love. And I've been doing this work for a long time and I've watched people transform and heal and get so much benefit from it. I've received so much benefit from it after I got COVID in, when I was in Costa Rica, I came back and started another protocol and it helped my brain heal. You know, I went from another, like, really low place to healing. And I mean, if that's the outcome of working with a plant that I, I genuinely feel, and, and I'm even holding that, this statement lightly, you know, it's like, sure, this is how I feel right now. And maybe this is going to evolve and change. But like right now, my general sentiment is that people do not own plants, that these plants are here on this planet for humanity and our stories and our narratives really create so much like so we right now there's a story and a narrative that like certain people were here first they have priority access you know and not to say like it's kind of amazing that there is multiple indigenous cultures that figured out how to combine shakruna with ayahuasca and maybe we call that like intellectual property rights like sure okay that's like like and 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 let may we you know wake up to the point where we like offer reciprocity and give back, not because we have to, because like, oh, those people figured it out, but because like, we genuinely want to take a stand for equality and like, you know, yeah. and, and, and like support people and like economic well-being. Um, so it's like, okay, all I can hold that place of like the combination of plants being like intellectual property. Um, but like a single plant, and that's the work that I'm mostly doing with people is, is working with ayahuasca vine, Banisteriopsis cappy, one plant on its own. And yes, that plant came from the Amazon. Like, thank God for Terrence McKenna. He brought so many vines and propagated so much and more people have. And plants have also been traveling all over the world for millennia as well, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But there's something about ayahuasca in particular that people get really defensive around. And I, I get it because it's so special and it's so sacred. But then I, it's like, what's not sacred? So like, oh, this right. plant is sacred and this other plant is not sacred. You know, I, I just, I have a hard time with that. And like, 
I'm open to hearing, you know, other people's perspectives. But like through that time of trying to be canceled, which like, by the way, it was like a white man on living in Hawaii with, you know, like, I won't, I don't want to say exactly what was tattooed to his knuckles because I don't want to like identify him and like call him out. But like, it was clearly this place of like, he saying like, oh, well, you guys are culturally appropriating, but like a white person living in Hawaii with a Hawaiian word tattooed to their hand. It's like, where are we drawing the lines? You know, his partner is like an Ashtanga yoga teacher who, you know, is like, is yoga, are we appropriating from like Indian cultures? Like, where do we draw the line? And so I, I firmly believe in like, equality and want to be able to birth a new chapter of human history where we can actually, you know, built on the foundations of sustainability and equity and, and kindness and compassion. And I think when we look at history, it's like humans have been appropriating from other humans. Humans have been both loving and harming other humans for generations. And, and it's not to say like one culture is better than another culture. It's like all culture has medicine and medicine is culture. And, you know, when I interviewed someone for my podcast, like, gosh, it was such an interesting place because it was, you know, looking at these Native American teachings, which I deeply value and like re- receive wisdom from these teachings about being in like right relationship and harmony. And then in the interview, it's like pointing out like, oh, okay, you know, both of your mother and father's lineages lineages were warring tribes. They hated each other. They were both Native American, but they both were warring and fought. So, and that's not to say like discredit, it's not to discredit like the wisdom coming from any culture. It's just more to illuminate how human we really all are. And yes, are some humans being like severely disadvantaged right now? Absolutely. And am I in a place of privilege? Like, absolutely. And with that privilege, can I really, you know, benefit other people? Like I can't benefit anyone if I'm depressed like, I, I, you know, when I've gone through depressions, it's very self-centric. Like, I just go round and round with, like, my own thoughts. It's ruminative. And then once you come through the healing portal, and not to say that, again, it's like, oh, once you're healed, that's it. You never go back to depression. But it's like it's like coming out of a small, dark room and opening the door and realizing that there's a big, beautiful world out there. And that, like, now what? Now what do I do with my life? How do I contribute? How do I engage? And, of course, like, healing comes through connection. It comes through understanding our interconnection with other people. And that's really why, you know, after going through these experiences with depression and addiction as well, I wanted to look at the other side of psychedelics, like creative problem solving, creativity, like how do we engage with the world? What? How do we, you know, step up and and build something for not just ourselves, but for the benefit of humanity. And when I look at the work I've done with people with Banisteriopsis capi, like I am blown away every single time. And so if I'm working with an executive who's like a five times CEO, you know, one of my clients right now, and she's tracking like bio tracking over the course of a month, her stress levels with data. And she's looking at like her, not just her biological improvements, like stress levels, but her marriage is like drastically improving. Her relationships are improving. Her relationships at work are improving. I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Can someone really genuinely tell me that that's wrong? Like that that's not okay, you know, because of this 
color of my skin? Like, I, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm definitely in inquiry about it, but that's what leadership is in a sense. And I'm not saying that I'm a leader. I'm just saying that like, when you're choosing to step out beyond the status quo, there's going to be a lot of people who throw shit at you because you know, that's what, that's, that's kind of the, this time that we're living in. And so, you know, I think the only thing that we can really do when we live through times of this polarized and this divided is like, get right with ourselves and like, not about you and like what, what other people are saying to you, but like, am I in alignment and integrity with like my heart and who I am and the vision that I'm holding that is really a vision for healing and awakening and where am I out of alignment and where do I really actually need to check myself? And I've had these processes of like, actually, you know what? I need to start donating money from my programs to uh, ceremony funds for BIPOC communities. So, you know what? I reached out to Charlotte and Dre from the Ancestors Project, formerly the Sabina Project. And I was like, you know what, you guys, I want to put a portion of these these proceeds to help support um, greater accessibility for for the BIPOC community. And you know what? I want to put a portion of those funds towards um, the Condor and the Eagle, uh, the Church of the Condor of the Eagle, because I want to support legalization of ayahuasca in the U.S., And so it's like, yeah, there are places where it's like, yeah, we need to check ourselves. Like, where can we do better? And I want to lean into all of these conversations. And when people just want to approach me from a place of anger and hate and resentment, it's like, where's the conversation going to go? It's like, if anyone is like running up towards you with like yelling at you, of course, you're going to like shut down and contract and like move away from the conversation. And, you know, I'll just say that that was like such a small fraction. Like there's such few people who really have a problem with what I, what, with the work that I'm doing and such a large majority of people who are like, fuck yeah, that's amazing. Like, good job. And, yeah. you know, those few people, like it's, I mean, at one point when I was like in the throes of the, the cancel experience, I'll call it, um, I woke up and, you know, I had people emailing me who don't even know me telling me to kill myself. Like, really? You know, like, wow, like, really is that like, that's, it's heavy. I had like four or five days where I just didn't get out of bed during that month. Like, I just couldn't get out of bed. And then I had to come through that and like, really check myself. And I sat with the medicine and really was like, okay, like, where am I out of alignment? And really what came through that was like, listen to the wisdom of your heart. Like this plant has a lot to teach us. And if we're willing to have a plant as a teacher and we're willing to like cultivate a direct relationship with that and also surround ourselves with other people with more experience with elders you know i'm not saying i have all the answers like so far from it i have so much to learn like forever till i die you know but that's just sort of generally my feeling about it you know and it's it was a lot it was a lot yeah it sucks it's it's heavy because there's you know uh, w- I, one way is when people come at you as you go back at them, right? But we know that like that just is adding more gasoline to the fire, you mm-hmm. know. And it's just not productive and it's not healthy, mm-hmm. you know. And you and you don't and you don't feel good too when that when that happens. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's really difficult to hold your mm-hmm. center in, in when you're being attacked, really, mm-hmm. right? And and like you said you can definitely see within these people that there's something happening with them 
and they are wanting to kind of la- lash it out towards yeah. you yeah. or others, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's that's they're trying to get healing, and that's like the modality that they know is like, oh, I I do this, I say this to that person, and that's my yeah. way of sort of coping with the situation, right? Yeah, um, so, you, you yeah. know, Mike. This is also why I um why I, I recorded a solo episode for the psychedelic leadership podcast called uh, "Truth Triggers and Getting Right with Yourself." And also Mm. like really, you know, drinking my own medicine around it. Like I'm coming out of a 10 year marriage. I was married for nine years. And right before this sit, I, um, I was talking to a friend of mine and being like, uh, well, who a mutual friend of, of my ex partner and mine. And I was talking to him and being like, you know, he's doing this and like, he's not getting it. And he's like doing this to me. And like, and then my, our friend was like, you know what? this is like right now, the only thing that anyone needs to focus on on this planet is getting right with themselves. And the way he said it just struck me so deeply. And then that night I drank medicine and the medicine was like, uh, yes, like just focus on where are you out of alignment in your life? Enough with looking at what the fuck everyone else is doing. Like, shine that light, put that mirror on yourself. And the more that you really cultivate that place of like cultivating integrity within yourself, I think like that's really the work that we're all being asked to do right now. And the more that we focus on what other people are doing, that's right and wrong and getting super uppity about, you know, because what is, how do we define right and wrong? You know, it's like everything is so nuanced and there's no one that can say, you know, I mean, and even that is hard to say. It's like, okay, there's like shamans, you know, engaging in sexual misconduct in ceremonies. Okay, that's wrong. You know, it's like, but like, even that, it's like so hard to just like pull apart the threads of nuance here around, yeah. you know, like, oh gosh, even that, it's like, what a rabbit hole. I don't want to open up that well, rabbit yeah, hole. <laughs> I mean, it, no, we, we, we don't have to. I mean, because it is, I mean, it requires, I mean, I think that's what it requires is it requires that time. And that connection on a personal individual like level with the person and preferably face to face in the physical presence. So you're like feeling the the energy and the connection and really dissolving all of the sort of clutter that is, you know, so much, right? And then we just mm-hmm. latch onto things and project and everything is this externalization. I mean, we live in a culture of externalizations. It's mm-hmm. so it's 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 tough to do. And so that is, that is that sort of navigation is it's not, there is one answer, right? It's not like this is the way and this isn't the way. Right. And it's like, kind of like, okay, how can we kind of dance with it all? Okay. You have a way here. Like, let's, let's do a little dance and see where we can go. Oh, you stepped on my toes a couple of times. Well, you know, let's keep dancing. Maybe you won't, you know? Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it, it, it is, it is definitely an amazing time to be alive. And, and, you know, as you mentioned before, just one thing that I wanted to, to comment on is if you have been gifted this life and you, and this path that you're on, you know, it's like, yeah, do, do it all, do it all and, and, and give as and serve as much as you can. And, and, and nothing else matters. I mean, color of our skin or our tradition or whatever it is, it's like, we're all, we're all here for a short period of time anyway. So what are we squabbling about? Let's get to healing. 
Yeah, yeah. There's this. Um, there's a quote from uh, Charles Eisenstein. I had such a, a great conversation with him for the podcast. You know, he said something that really struck me. He said, "You know, being a popular podcast host or having a large social media following doesn't inherently make you a leader. What makes you a leader is doing something from a guidance that's not already part of the general prevailing belief system." And he said, "And that's what we need right now. We need people to follow that impulse." And that's the, that's the path of fire. You know, that's the path Mm -hmm. of, of controversy. And, and I've heard a lot of people say, you know, when, when people are trying to cancel you, you know, you're doing something right because you're pushing the envelope, you know, on a certain level, but like, man, can we move past this? I don't think we transform through shame. I don't think that any real transformation for like positive transformation can happen through something like shaming each other. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, think about it on an, on a personal level, right? Because it's like you're totally right. Like, if someone's trying to cancel you, like you must be doing something right because it's bringing something up in them. And right. isn't that what we want to do? Is we want we want to bring things to the surface. Imagine if you had something come up inside of you and you shamed it, right? I mean, we've probably all done that to a certain degree. But where does that get us? Right. You right. Know? Well, this is where yeah. this notion of like trigger really comes. Like, it, this is how I think about it. It's like if you're triggered, like think of the, a moment that like someone says something to you and then it's like, bam, it's like pre-verbal contraction, whether it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you're energetic or in a place of your body, maybe your chest, like, oh, you know, that place of like that, that contraction around a trigger. I see it as like you're, you're trying to protect an open wound. There's an open wound there that you're like, Ooh, that doesn't feel good. You just like move, touch this open wound that I have. And instead we cover over it, you know, and this is actually such the, the basis of, so of, of teachings that I've learned so deeply from Pema Chodron, where it's like the, and the teaching, the, the, the body of wisdom around that is called Shempa. Like, so it's like this trigger that happens. There's this like pre-verbal contraction, but what we're really doing is like protecting this open wound. And mm-hmm. in that process, we cover over it. So instead of, you know, really being like, oh, wow, you just touched something really tender in me. There's like a knee jerk reaction to um, move away from it. The impulse to either lash out in anger or numb out with Netflix or boom, you're at the fridge and you're opening the fridge door and you're cracking a beer. Like we do whatever we can. We spend literally our whole lives trying to cover over these these like core soft spots. And it's like it's really just the soft spot of what it means to be human, you know, of what it means to be impermanent, like the reality that we're actually here for such a short time, which is what you just spoke to like that, the the teachings of impermanence are so closely related to this teaching of Shempa because we're, we're really just recognizing like our transient reality. And we spend our whole life like layer upon layer, distracting ourselves, like achieving, taking everything so seriously. And like, I get caught in those loops too. Like I'm human too, you know? And, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it's like this, this notion that when you're triggered to recognize that soft spot and that that is actually the portal into your healing, that if you're mm-hmm. willing to make direct contact with the soft spot and that open wound, that tenderness and sit in it and like the rawness of it, and instead of moving away from it, but you actually contact it. So it's not this like 
notion of like, oh, we need to transcend. We're like always in this like transcendence, but actually into it, down into it, down into the wound that that actually is the portal. It's the opening for our own healing. And that's really what I mean by like getting right with ourselves, you know, finding that place of like, what is that within me that's reacting right now? What wound did you just touch from whether it's like a global humanity wound or something that happened like trauma in our childhood? You said something to me that just like touches that place, because if someone's going to say something to me about something that I fundamentally don't believe, someone's like, wow, you're stupid. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not like, I'm just like, what, you know, what, like, this like doesn't trigger me because it's not, but if something triggers me, obviously there's something there, you know, there's yeah. like, there's some right. wound there that I'm like working through, like, oh shit, you just like triggered that belief that I'm unworthy and that's real in me. And now I'm reacting from this place of unworthiness, you know? And, and so it's like, again, like strong mirror, this is the time of like, shine the mirror on your own reality and your own heart and your own mind and like get right with yourself make peace with yourself and that's yeah. you know that's just what i and i'm still doing it every day like i'm not there i'm definitely not there so i'm not speaking from a place of like oh you know i'm like totally i got totally got my shit together like i'm figuring well, yeah. it out all the time <laughs> Yeah, it's like that uh, saying, you know, that we're 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 human beings. Like we're being, we're become, we're like in the state of being, you know, and uh, we're not like human arrived. We're yeah. not like human duns. Like we're we're still continuously going and going. Right. And that's the that's the beauty of this experience too, because you're getting right with yourself. I'm getting right with myself, and then we can come together and we can build something here right. right but if we came together and i was like well laura i don't uh, laura dawn uh, over here and she's uh mm -hmm. you know uh, she's wearing a black shirt and you know i have a problem with that because i don't like black shirts and that or whatever i can't, I can't think right, of a good right, example right. this is something that drives yeah, yeah. you about but yeah imagine yeah, yeah. that though like people are i literally like that we do like literally live in a culture though where people are trying to like cancel things of that nature right oh, like it's like gosh. oh we find finding things to get angry at because like my friend said, he's like, uh, I'm like a video game person. And he's like, you know, he's like, uh, yeah, you know, in, in gr the game Grand Theft Auto, after you beat the game, that's it, the game's over, but you could still run around and shoot people in the game. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, so it's like, that's like where we're at. It's like, we've kind of like beaten the game. Like we've mm -hmm. kind of like conquered the planet air quotes like in a way in this like materialist way like we have all the things we have all the connection mm -hmm. and now there's just it's just like hey let's like hunt for things that we can get upset about you know that's so funny so yesterday on my instagram i posted this photo of me wearing a transcranial neurostimulation i device. saw that yeah okay. yeah yeah so and so like the caption and i like pointed <laughs> to my face and the caption said uh this is my creativity is gangster face and i put like creativity is in gangster and like quotes and i sent my friend a message being like hey is is this like politically incorrect to say this and and someone actually commented and, and I really actually appreciated the comment. And that's why it's like, let's have conversation about the place that you're. And so the comment was like, um, I feel like using the word gangster is not appropriate here. And it actually detracts from what you're trying to say. And I was like, wow, thanks for that comment. Like, do you have any suggestions? And the reason that I had this like word gangster in my head was because the day before I worked with two clients 
on this creative problem solving facilitation and they have this like love is gangster merchandise and the word gangster was like in my head and so when I I kept thinking like what is a better word but I couldn't think of another word so I posted it just to see and then did you know get a comment from someone being like "Mm, I don't think I don't know if that's good and I thought about changing it but then I thought well this is a good opportunity for dialogue you know like what where what would be better and I'm open to that I'm open to like what what is better what how can and and suggestions it's not not like oh my god I'm unfollowing you like you are a bad person but it was like you know what I think it detracts from what you're trying to say and then it's like okay great like any suggestions for like how I can make like a catchy you know a title and and that's the other thing with social media is that there's like no way that you can encapsulate the full nuance of anything in like 300 characters or less so it's like of course you know and uh i actually just i actually just heard someone uh i am blanking on the name this is from just like uh operating on just few hours of sleep last night but um there was somebody who was talking about this research that points to that when people like read other people's comments it's a very different emotional reaction than when you hear someone's voice like if, if right. someone was to communicate via, which is kind of why Clubhouse is so amazing, because like a really a lot of amazing conversations are happening there. But it really struck me that it's like when you're reading something that someone posted on social media, you're overlaying your own nuance, your own tone, your own beliefs, your own framework of over like overlaying whatever it is that you're reading. And it's so easy to misinterpret someone. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, and there's yeah. not really real time dialogue. And so when this, these people tried to cancel me, I actually booked a flight to go and see them. Like, I was like, let's have a real time conversation. Like, that's how legit, like, that's how real I am about like actually wow. tuning in with people. And, and we set up a whole council around it. And we picked an elder who we felt like would be good for holding space. And then that elder, her, um, someone in her family died that day. So I had to cancel my flight. And, um, but like, I I think it's so important for having conversation, you know, and, and that's something got canceled that day. Something got canceled. (laughs) Yes. But I was like willing, you know, willing to go and, and, and that's also kind of the whole thing with like the psychedelic leadership podcast. Like people have no idea, like the internal process that I've been around, even like stepping out with a name like that. And like, I had someone email me and be like, how dare you? Like, you need to humble yourself in front of the plants, you know, like you should be humbled at your altar. And it was like, okay, like if only you knew like the level of like process, like emotional process that I've been around, like questioning of like, oh God, like who am I to like step in and own this name? And like, what, like, I don't like, who am I to call myself a leader and like a leader in the space? Like, oh my God, it's been like months and months of process. And when I have these moments of like, okay, like I got this, like I'm owning it. Like something will happen where I'll like moderate a panel of experts and I'll walk away from the panel being like, I know nothing. <laughs> like I'm like, just don't know anything, you know? So it's, it's so funny when people want to say things without like having a conversation, you know, and without mm-hmm. knowing like where the people are at. It's like, yeah. And so that's why I'm really passionate about the the podcast and the conversations that I have are so nuanced. And I always encourage people, you want to get in touch with me and have a conversation, like approach me with kindness and an open heart and an open mind. And I am game for any conversation that you want to have. 
you know? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, if we, we want to, when, when from all my psychedelic journeying, I always go to these amazing places, right? And see these amazing things. And it's infinite and it's so much more colorful and diverse than the sort of, you know, confines of the material world that I, that we find ourselves in. But it's like, sh- I, I think it's, I want to bring what I can gather there, it, there and in, inside and, 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 and bring it outwardly. Right. And then if, if everybody's doing that, then we're building a world that looks more like the world that the plants are showing us could be possible. Right. Uh, but if we shut if we shut it down, if we don't have the dialogue and the discourse, if we don't allow for mistakes or if we're not open to consideration about things, then we're never going to really build it. And it's like, you know, all hands on deck. It's crisis time. So like, let's start building, let's start communicating. Um, yeah. And uh, the Dennis McKenna said that too, in our interview, he said, you know, I love, he's so poetic. He's such a genius and so humble too. I I really just appreciate his mind, but he was like, you know, the plants are the neurotransmitters of the guy in mind. And like, how mind blowing is it to realize that like we have, receptor sites in our brain that are like the lock and the key for these plants that help us wake up, you know, yeah, that really help us wake up. And like, I don't want to open up a whole other can of worms, but I was thinking about, you know, like what you were saying earlier with the, the, like, we never arrive. And that's like kind of the place with like the woke movement where I'm like, really, you're going to like say woke, like you're already there. Like there's no like room for, for like journey still. <laughs> there's no room for improvement. Right. I was like, okay, I mean, and like that, I'll I'll even say that like gently, I'll just put that on the table. And I think even having these conversations where we're like, hey, I'm not like gripping the shit out of this belief system I have, I'm just gonna like put this thought process on the table and see what anyone else thinks. And the more that I think we engage from that place of like holding it all lightly, you know, I think there's room for, for dialogue from from those places. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I I think, you know, uh, I microdose and I, it's helped me with my depression. It's helped me gain clarity. It's helped me enter into flow states where I just feel like I am completely, you know, time and space is kind of gone and I'm just like in this zone and everything is just kind of clicking. And, and I feel like if we have an opportunity to use the tools that are available to get you know, our house in order inside and kind of clear the way and gain clarity and these sorts of things, then we have an opportunity to share that with other people. We can all be sort of, you know, riding, I guess, a, I, I don't I want to say higher because it implies like a hierarchy, but definitely like a, a more functional uh, and satisfactory, cohesive, collaborative vibe. And you work in this space, uh, as a microdose coach. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I'd love to s- just get a little bit about how these tools have helped you and, and how you see them helping other people who you're working with that are making big changes and to themselves and, and for the world. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there's so much that we can say here. I, I love that being in the microdosing space and it is so interesting where so many people are now stepping into, you know, microdosing coaches and, And so that's really a lot of the work that I'm doing. Like my microdosing mastermind now is like working with people who are wanting to more offer some more advanced um, sort of practices with their clients. 
Um, and I, I always recommend, you know, people to really deepen your practice, like really cultivate a practice. I mean, for anyone who wants to step into like guiding or facilitation, like really deepen your own practice uh, as a, a great starting point. But the, the, the work that I've done with microdosing, and, and I'll just say, you know, it's like microdosing is one tool and it's not a magic pill, you know, it's like, we can't, right. we can't just like, like switch the antidepressant for like the microdosing cap, you know, whether it's like a psilocybin stack that you're working with. And, and for people who are new, I'll just like plug my free microdosing course. I have a free eight day microdosing mm -hmm. course that answers all like the basic questions, but I really like going deeper with people. Like how can we create a morning ritual that allows us to weave more ceremony into our lives that unlike, so the work that I do is not about just microdosing and then going about your day and like getting, you know, into the car and going to work, which is fine. I don't diss it. If anyone feels like they get benefits and there's doing that, like, great, you know, I support just be safe and, you know, don't, don't necessarily like drive on your first microdosing experiment, you know? Um, but for me, it's like what the magic is. And that's why I work with ayahuasca vine because I really consider that to be my primary plant teacher and it deeply resonates with my whole reality, you know? And so mm -hmm, it's a cultivation mm -hmm. of like sitting at my altar and getting clear on, and, and the, the, the framework that I, I like sort of the roadmap that I work with with people is called the path of the creative visionary bodhisattva. And so just like in a brief nutshell, you know, the visionary part, I'll start with the middle is like knowing that our minds are really powerful and that we can, cultivate mindsets and these visionary practices that really truly allow us to expand the boundaries of what we believe is possible to think bigger. And there are a lot of practices that we can learn. That's really the, the degree that I'm getting right now is like cognitive tools, like teaching ourselves creative problem solving. We're all products of an industrialized education system that, that favored convergent thinking. Like someone gave us a solution and we we're supposed to find that predetermined solution rather than like really thinking bigger. And there's a lot of practices that help us to sort of shake that neural snow globe and same with you know and that's like really the underlying the sort of what we're leveraging with microdosing is like this enhanced level of mental flexibility those windows of mental flexibility and so i'll just say like microdosing is one sort of piece of that puzzle so we have the visionary component and then we have the creative component so the creative visionary bodhisattva the creative component is understanding that like when we hold a vision and that resides in the unseen dimension, everything we see in this reality comes from another dimension that is just the field of possibility. And I mean, that's not woo, although I totally get down with woo, like, don't get me wrong, but that's actually yeah. quantum mechanics. So if we yeah. start actually understanding, like, what is the life force that is the, sure. the driving force of what makes a seed grow? Or, you know, how does this life force work? You know, it's like, how do we plant a seed? And then it grows, like, how do our hearts beat? We, we can't deny that there's a life force that moves through all things. And so it's this, so the creativity piece is like, being the visionary that can vision something that does not exist in our reality. That's what like real leadership is. It's like going beyond what's in our immediate, like what we can see. And I'll just say that, you know, those, this keep linking this like piece about the metamorphosis, like that time of the cocoon where it's like dark night of the soul. 
And it's so challenging, but like that is like that place of darkness is actually where we can connect to a different dimension where we can go beyond this solid 3D reality and take that like mental leap of faith to hold a vision for something that we don't yet see. And so the creative part is like transmuting that vision into reality. We are creative beings by definition. And a lot of people have a very limiting belief around creativity. And so part of like the work that I'm doing with this degree as well is like helping to shift the cultural narrative that we are creative by definition of being alive. And how do you make your body literally a channel, a conduit for transmuting your visions into reality? And, and like, imagine, you know, riverbanks with water flowing. It's like strengthening your riverbanks. It's like your mind, body, heart, your physiology. Like you literally have to become someone who can lead the retreat that you're holding that vision in your mind or like build the center or write the book or whatever it is that you're wanting to do to inspire people. When you hold that vision, you've got to become that person. And so that's like the creative part. And then the bodhisattva part is like, tying in this piece of like channeling that energy through you and out into the world for truly the awakening of humanity and not just for your egocentric benefit of more money in your bank account, but like, because you want to bring healing and the relief of suffering on this planet. And so the path of the creative visionary Bodhisattva is like the overall sort of roadmap and it goes really detailed. Like there's so much that I can get into there, but what essentially we're doing like what with my microdosing morning flows is looking at the when we look under the hood for example of flow states we can see that there's actually like a strong overlap between the the neurochemistry of the flow state and the neurochemistry of psychedelic experiences so i've had some of my most profound peak experiences flow state moments opening up my body to this channel of energy that was so powerful it was like life transforming like literally life transforming to the sense that like this is now what i do with people like it's completely shifted my whole life and completely transformed the way that i show up and create and so um so when we look at like like almost like building blocks, you know, microdosing is one building block, but like what else helps us get into those flow state channels, like listening to inspiring music, also like movement, meditation. When we start looking at really the the science of flow states, we can start crafting protocols that help us to, it's like not a guarantee. It's not like you can be like, oh, flip a switch. I'm just going to like drop into flow, but you can create your life as a launch pad for inspired action. And so I really weave in the science and the mysticism a flow because being in that flow state and like stepping out of your way, your own way, like we experience um, a quieting of the prefrontal cortex, which shifts in the default mode network. So we're literally stepping out of our way and connecting to some greater force. And so there's this, there's this quote. Um, I don't know if you know this quote by Patanjali, who, and, and this is like the epitome of what sort of encapsulates everything that we talked about today. And it's like the, the real, the mysticism of flow. And it's why I do this work. And it says, when you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all of your thoughts break your bonds, your mind transcends limitation, your consciousness expands in every direction, and you find yourself in a new great and wonderful world. 
dormant forces, faculties, and talents become alive, and you discover yourself to be a greater person than you ever dreamed yourself to be. And I, I read that quote every day because it, it guides everything that I do, is that when we tap into flow, it's a deeply mystical experience where we're, we're, we're feeling the, feel, the, the, the knowingness of energy moving through us and that we can actually strengthen our biology, our physiology, our mind to channel that energy, to strengthen those riverbanks so that energy can flow so that that river can flow. And when you've experienced those feelings where it's that, that when he says dormant forces come alive, like, I love that. And you discover mm-hmm. yourself to be a greater person than you ever dreamed yourself to be. It's like, that's what we're being called right now. And like, this is that time of crisis. Like, come on people, whoever wants to get on this ship with me, come along now. <laughs> like, let's yeah. do this, you know? And so that's the work I do with microdosing. Like when we look at the science of flow, we know that flow follows focus. So about 45 minutes into my microdosing routine, I drop into specific meditation practices that allow me to consciously shift my brainwave states into phase synchronous alpha. I get into a very focused state. I work with transcranial neurostimulation that we know now research shows that that can help induce flow. And again, it's not like a guarantee, like you're going to do this sequence and then all of a sudden you're in flow states, but you're going to like, you know, increase your chances of getting into that, that, that space, that zone, the deep now, and we can learn tools. We can learn, you know? And so after my microdosing flow, like my morning ritual, you know, sometimes I'll sit down at the computer and create, and I'm like, I'm a content creator. So are you like, I want to show up as my best self when I'm interviewing people, when I'm writing content, when I'm sharing my message. And, uh, and like also in the, in, in for people who are I'm really encouraging people to like want to aspire to cultivate themselves as thought leaders. You know, being a thought leader is being able to like connect novel ideas in a unique way that brings benefit to people's lives. And so it's like, yeah, I work with mind mapping and pattern recognition goes up when we microdose and working and working with flow states. So I'm like, you know, connecting dots and at the forefront of creating something out of nothing. Like, I don't know anyone doing anything remotely like this and not that other people aren't doing their own thing, but I'm just like tuning in with the the wisdom from the plants. You know, so much of this gets downloaded from plant medicines and, and I'm just at the, I'm just like, just like scratching this intellectual itch really of like, whoa, you know, I'm like connecting dots. Like look at this psychedelic research that shows that one psilocybin journey can fundamentally shift our personality trait from, and the the trait known as openness to experience. And, oh, look, I'll put that on my board. And then I'll connect that dot with like, oh, openness to experiences also lends itself to creative thinking and creative problem solving. And then I'll put that on the board and then be like, oh, wow. Like I hear Pama Chodron always say that like the spiritual path is going from a narrow way of thinking to an open way of thinking. And then I start like really cultivating frameworks and like ways that I'm teaching it based on these very different dots that are all like, oh, wow wow, there's such a strong overlap here. Now I can create a narrative that I can explain to people that makes sense. And I'm, and I know my audience, you know, I'm working with thought leaders, I'm working with change makers and people from solo entrepreneurs to executives and people in the corporate space. So, I mean, there's a lot of components of that. And and that's also why I love this program with the microdosing mastermind is because we weave in that side as well, you know? Who is your audience? Yeah. Like, who are you reaching? How do you create an offering that resonates with those people? 
you know, in addition to really going deep with microdosing practices. I know that was that yeah. was a lot. I could go on and on, but I'll just Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean that's this is uh this is what I love to do. Yeah, just go on and on. Uh, <laughs> it's no, really the best. Uh, because I mean it's I'm you know, we're at least this will be audio podcast, but I, I'm seeing you right now and, and I, I'm, I'm feeling the energy and the passion and I'm and hopefully the people listening hearing that coming through, uh, hear that and feel that as well, because, you know, that it's it's like when you were talking about ca- this energy that that's moving through the dormant energy awakening or becoming alive and, and moving through. And it's like, that's what na- we're, we're not separate from nature. It's not like there's nature and then there's us. It's like, we're a part of it. Mm-hmm. And this is what nature wants to do is to, mm-hmm. you know, mingle and spread and connect and, mm-hmm. and, and collaborate and, and mutate, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and form new things. And so when, it, when I hear like, you know, I think a lot of people in, uh, our space or in this time and age, it's so easy to, um, get sort of stuck in the world of like followers and, you know, uh, being a thought leader and having a book and giving a talk and like these kinds of things. And those are all great things to do, but they're not like, it's not the arrival, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like that. And I think that that I, I definitely see a lot of people that, um, look at it as if it's the, that's the destination point Mm -hmm. is to just, to just have, be able to put like thought leader on your Twitter or something. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, um, whatever, but it's like, it's, it's not what it's about. It's about sharing what you've experienced as a leader or Mm -hmm. how you are becoming a leader. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, like you said before, you're like, Oh, I'm not trying to say I'm a leader. Well, I'm going to say you're a leader because you said, I don't know anything. And you know, who said that? Socrates, one of the greatest people of all times. The beginning of wisdom is knowing that you know nothing. And so, you know, it's almost like it reminds me of this this great book that I read that really made the point that the oftentimes the leaders of tribal societies were the ones that didn't want to have anything to do with being a leader. But people mm-hmm. were like, no, you are the guy, you're the person, you know, like right. you're the you're the one. And but there's always that like negotiation because you know, sometimes power can, can take over and, you know, people do different things from that, that point. Um, and you also said, I also love what you said about the, the woo and the science, because, you know, I, 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 I sometimes, no, I, I, I hate it. I, well, hate's a strong word, but I hate when people go, Oh, you know, well, it's all woo woo or whatever. It's like, guys, like people, Hey y'all listen up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Well, what is technology other than the application of science? We're living in a magical mm-hmm. time. We live in a magical world. We live in a woo world. You know, mm-hmm. let's embrace it and run with it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Now, now I'm just going on and on right, here. Right. Yeah. It's like you want to talk about like, okay, you know, that how different we all are. Well, like, why don't we talk about like how similar we all are? We're all yes. made of quantum particles. We're all empty space. Like how much more yeah. mystical do you want to get? You know, yeah, you know, it's so exactly. funny too about like this notion of leadership because, um, you know, when I launched the podcast and when I was like really struggling to like hone in on the, on the name, which I am actually just so grateful that I, I landed on this name because it's been do, like really doing well. But, you know, the, the reason I didn't want to do that with the psychedelic leadership name was because I felt like, um, 
yeah, like most people who hear it think immediately about like, oh, it's a podcast for people stepping up as leaders in the psychedelic space. But actually, the initial impetus behind it was about psychedelic leadership. Like what does like, quote unquote, psychedelic leadership mean? And regardless of like what um, domain that you're in, whether you're in the psychedelic space, or you're in the corporate space or whatever. And it was like, oh, like, what is this notion of psychedelic leadership? And when we look at the name psychedelics, it's like mind manifesting. So that that framework, you know, the creative um, visionary bodhisattva, I mean, that's that's like really the so much of my teachings is like, how can we leverage the psychedelic experience to really deepen on the path of heart centered leadership and looking at the hallmarks of the psychedelic experience and leveraging that understanding like, you know, for example, the research I named about openness to experience, we know there's research showing, you know, enhanced creativity, cognitive flexibility. There's also research showing that people who work with psychedelics are higher on pro-social behavior, who rank higher on, on skills of empathy and emotional resilience. So it's like, you know, I was really framing it that way. And then, you yeah. know, when I started, everyone was just immediately like, oh, okay, like, you got to get all the people on about like, you know, psychedelic facilitation training and like integration coaching. And I'm doing that. And I love those conversations. But it was like, I want to go beyond that. And like, I ended up getting Bruce Lipton on the podcast, who is oh, yeah. like, you know, one of my like, but author of biology of belief, biology like of belief founder yeah. of like epigenetics yeah. and you know i don't know if you listen to that one mike but he came out of the psychedelic closet for the first time yeah. ever yeah publicly. Uh, huge huge yeah massive that's, that's what i'm talking about thing. that's that's what that is exactly yes yeah just like a uh, big shout out to dr carl hart who recently with his latest book uh, i mean this is the kind of thing you know, people really coming out, coming yeah. out, being out, living fully in the world yeah. authentically as, as who you are. And, and yeah. yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And, and yeah, that's like this, the name of this show. Like I, I talk to people in the psychedelic space. I talk to people in the political space. I talk to people in all kinds of spaces because you know, my original intention was psyche, Delos, mind manifesting, Mike, Adelic, Mike manifesting. So I'm kind oh, of yeah. manifesting yeah. through through this show by every guest that I have on, like yourself right now. I'm feeling so energized and so activated because everything you're saying is just ringing so true uh, with, with, the uh, with how I feel about things as well. So yeah, it's amazing. And I guess, um, man, you know, I, I feel like I could talk to you for like six hours. We're going to have to do this again. <laughs> We're, We're going to have to do again. this again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I guess I want to end with just, uh, well, we'll tell people, you know, where they could find you and things like that. Uh, but also I'd love to get like, what are you, what are you feeling? What is most alive in you right now? So that's like, so, so a present momentary kind of, um, experience that you can share. And then just part two to that is what's your big grand vision? Mm -hmm. Well, about like 200 feet from where I'm sitting right now, I have a bunch of pots of medicine on and, um, you know, I, when you asked me at the beginning, like, do you want to cancel this? Um, I was like, no, I don't. I mean, like literally I only slept a couple hours last night, but sometimes those places of, of lack of sleep actually 
make for really good conversations, you know, a little bit more loose, for example. But what's really present for me is, is really the prayers going into this batch of medicine and that I really take a stand for cognitive liberty and that we all should have the right to, you know, work with plants in whatever way we feel, whether they're hallucinogenic or not. And just really putting a lot of prayers into this batch of medicine that, again, is legal. I'm not putting DMT in there. So please don't, like, go all up uppity that I'm, like, proclaiming, like, illegal activity on the podcast. Yeah. It's well, banister- not, not a, no one in my audience is going to complain about that at all. <laughs> Trust <Yeah>. me. <laughs> just Banisteriopsis cappy. And yeah. that I'm just in awe of this medicine. Like, I'm really... It, it like allows me, I feel like it's the bridge that allows me to, to sort of like have one foot in that spirit realm and one foot in this solid 3d reality. And it's like that, that bridge that allows that veil of illusion to just lift. And I feel like the gift of it is like allowing me to be more fluid between the two. And so right now, you know, it's so special. Like I'm just so grateful to have an opportunity to work with these materials because like, they're not always easy to come by and, we're growing vine on our land, but it's like, you know, we're, it takes time for those plants to grow. And a lot of this, this prayer right now is just like healing my relations, you know, and, and really putting that prayer in for all of us to get right with ourselves, all of us to heal our relations with ourselves really first and foremost, and with this earth and with all the people, you know, and shifting beliefs about how things need to be and how things like should be and like, and like new narratives, you know, like, um, yeah. And, you know, my vision, just like so much of, of what we've been talking about, like, I really hold this prayer that we can come together with open minds, you know, and that these plants can help us get there and really, like, help us connect to our heart space. And like, yeah, I just like, gosh, I could just like really go into it. But just I'll, I'll just say that, you know, that we can really be able to open our our minds open our hearts and be able to heal through connection and that you know people who need access to these plants can have access you know and mm-hmm. that there's accessibility and that there is reciprocity and that we're all learning and we're all growing and we're all making mistakes and just to be a little bit more like okay with that process and it might get a little messy at sometimes but you know what it's okay we're all in this together and you know what that that big ship that humanity is in has got like some pretty big leaks in it and so like we're all either you know it's like it's we're all in it together so how do we you know come together and find new paths forward you know how do we hold the vision of a more harmonious future you know how do we hold that vision and who do we have to become along the way and and that's just my inquiry and the prayers I put into this medicine and and just that all the people who drink this medicine you know find healing and that healing ripples out and influences other people around them and those people have benefits that ripple out and influence those people and it's like you know that we connect to the these deeper prayers beyond which the eyes can see and we know that Prayers are powerful, you know, and whether prayer resonates with you or not, intentions are powerful. Our thoughts are powerful. You know, our beliefs are powerful. We see what we believe. So let's, let's believe bigger. Let's reach beyond, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well said. Thank you so much for being here with me today and for sharing uh, 
this with my my audience. Uh, this was great. I can't wait to do it again. I can't wait to see you in Clubhouse. I've been I've had a break from it. I haven't really been on that much, but uh, connect back with you in that audio space. And for the people that want to learn more about you, uh, Laura Dawn goes by uh, Live Free Laura D. You can find her on Instagram. And where else can people go uh, to your website and, and other places you want to tell them? Yeah, my main home base is livefreelauraD.com and livefreelauraD on Instagram and also on Clubhouse. And the the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast is like my my baby. It's my labor of love right now that I just, I love putting into effort into that. And so check that out too, if you feel the call. And depending on when this is going to come out, you know, you might still catch uh, applications open for the Microdosing Mastermind. So that might be of interest to you too. And I have some freebies on my website, you know, my free eight day microdosing course and also my psychedelic playlist for journeys and also one playlist that's so great for microdosing morning flows. So yeah, feel free to check that out. And if anything that I said in this conversation, you know, triggers something or bring something up in you, like reach out, you know, let's, let's even hop on a phone call. I'm like totally game and just, you know, approach me with kindness and I will be open and receptive. Yeah. Let's build bridges to a better, better world. Love it. Laura Dawn, you're awesome. Thanks Thanks, again. You got it. All right. Till next time, folks. Peace. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast as much as I did. Go check out all of her stuff. Go check out my stuff. If you like this show, please like, uh, share, subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank, B-R-A-N-C, to become a patron, get access to the Inner Sanctum Discord, get access to bonus episodes, stickers, merch, other stuff like that, and more importantly, the community that we're building over there. So check all that out. And uh, go to sheathunderwear.com, put in the promo code Mikeadelic, you get 20% off. Check the other sponsors out, Mushroom Revival, and uh, shout out to Student Loan Tutor. Anyone else that I'm missing? I don't know. I think that's it. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Much love to you all. Peace. <laughs>